deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Three sports, one league. Welcome to the pod. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome! Episode 5, Christmas edition. We're here in your ear. It is Tough Pod. Today, it is a three-man pod. We are unfortunately sans my brother of blood. I am kinless on the day. But I am joined, as always, by the co-commissioners, the co-founders, the Tough League founding fathers, Niz and Ange themselves. Niz, how are we doing? How's the week been to you, man? A lot of mixed, uh, a lot of mixed emotions. You know, took a took a tough L this week in fantasy football, um, but the betting has been hot. And uh, currently in Pound Town, I know we'll touch on that a little bit <laughs> later. But uh, college basketball has also been pretty nice this week. Um, so you know, feeling a little little uh, up and down, uh, but happy that we got the uh, Christmas break going and ready to to send out some presents, get some presents, unwrap, do it all. Love it. I think people thought we weren't going to do a Christmas edition this week, but hey, we're here on the That's 23rd. True. I'm the looking Twitters, at my advent. Ca- yeah. They were they were a buzz. They said they can't yeah. do it. They they can't do it during Christmas week. They don't have the the balls, they don't have the the stamina and look where we are now. You know, we have the moxie. And I'm looking at my advent calendar, two days till Christmas. You've been staying and up I, on that? Oh, I, I moved the, the wreath from a seven to a two earlier Ooh. today. <laughs> so uh, I was a few days behind, but we're up to date now. And two days to Christmas last week. How you been? Uh, well, let's see here. We had a fantastic showing uh, in the Tough League football playoffs, um, not to mention my 3-0 and week. Uh, with my picks, I've been on the beach. Um, I'm I'm on my way to the mm. championship next. Mm. Uh, betting has been generally pretty mm. good. I hit a little 14 parlay yesterday. That was a highlight. Mm. Um, so uh, overall, uh, I would say we're doing very well and very excited for the for the holidays. Got the little, got the daughter excited about uh, Christmas. Went and saw some lights today. She was all fired up. We saw a rat. She saw a rat at the lights and, and we didn't know what she was talking about. She said, rat. And we go, what are you talking about? And there was actually like a rat, like five feet from us. So, but she was pumped. She loved it. So we're just excited. We're excited for the holiday season to kick off. There's nothing like those first Christmases, first couple of Christmases with the, with a newborn, I'm sure, or with a, with a, with a new baby, just, uh, just building the excitement, the spirit of Christmas that just going to linger with them the rest of their lives. I'm 31 and still get fired up about it. And, you know, I'm in a great mood. I'm ready to make some great picks today, talk some sports. And what I really want to hear about as a guy that did not make the fantasy football playoffs in tough league this year is Muster's musings. So Nate, give us an idea of what happened last week, the highs, the lows. What are we thinking? Well, uh, discount double checks run came to an end. And, uh, you know, I just want to take a moment to address my team and say that we had a great run. We came from the bottom and, and, and finished at the top of the regular season. Um, 
tough to see Devonte Adams kind of lay an egg in that that last game. Horrid timing. It was an Aaron Jones game, and uh, and to his credit, um, didn't make any silly decisions. Um, he, you know, went to the. He got a little help from Lamar Jackson, uh, a thirty burger, if you will. And, you know, there was some junky touchdowns. You know, Dalvin Cook got one late. Uh, James Robinson got one late. J.D. McKissick got one late. And uh, so and did it did advance uh, with a 126-116 battle. I feel like, uh, you know, 116 would have been good enough to beat the other semifinalists. So that's always tough to see. Um, but Gene actually continues his dream run and wow. will be – uh, took took Alex down in a in a pretty rough performance from Alex. He only managed uh, 79 points um, in that semifinal game. So looks like it's going to be me and Al for the bronze medal, and uh, Gene and Mr. Four Seed. We got the three and the four seed in the finals. And versus Gene showdown for the ship. I mean, it's just a, it's also a coincidence that the two best looking guys are in the final. I mean, I think that has uh, come into play. Um, so, I mean, there's something for you guys to, to keep an eye out for going into basketball. Maybe work on uh, shaving a little more often. Maybe uh, get yourself a Peloton like uh, me and Gene have. Uh, because Peloton that's honestly, boys, that's, you know, that's yeah. true. It's paying dividends for us. So I, I would advise you guys to maybe take a look in that direction. Man, I have a fresh haircut. Nicely lined up beard, no neck hair right now. And I just got dropped out of the, the best looking guys in the league. It's really painful. And who, who would have really imagined week 15 of the NFL season going up uh, fantasy semifinals, JD McKissick making a difference. Yeah, I, I can imagine that. Yeah. He's been, he's been a target <laughs> machine uh, for, for Washington. I knew he was due for just a, a nice little touchdown. Nice little wheel route out of the, out of the backfield. Yeah. And it was wide open. So it was just he does uh, it. A really uh uh, a beautiful, beautiful play to see. There is definitely some positive TD regression coming JD McKissich's way with Antonio Gibson, obviously eating them all up. And even with him hurt, Peyton Barber punched in a couple. So it was his turn getting the 80 targets a game that he was getting from captain check down uh, Alex Smith himself. And of course, Dwayne Haskins doesn't really have a clue what he's doing out there. So just throw it to the guy closest to him uh, made a difference. 25 ish points, depending on the scoring in your league. And he did big things and he's, carrying some teams to championships believe it or not the guy that wasn't even in the league much if at all last year hurt or just yeah. not breaking rosters so, so it's funny last night i was laying in bed and i was uh like oh you know what? i should probably take a look at the waiver wire see if there's anyone if i have some bad matchups and then it was like literally just after midnight and um i look and the top available quarterback is uh jalen hurts and i'm thinking and he's playing uh who are they playing they're playing someone dumpy like the jet or no cowboys dallas no. Yeah, yeah, in in Dallas too. So weather's not going to be an issue. And I was like, oh, that's a great ad. So I'm trying to add him, and I'm getting this error message from Yahoo saying that you need to wait for waiver claims to finish or something like that, even though he was available. And then it refreshed like the next like minute, and he was gone, and he went to Gene, uh, mm. oh. my my cohort in the championship. But uh, I picked up Baker Mayfield. Uh, They're playing against Ooh. the Jets, and I think that I mean it's an intriguing play. I'm not sure if I can if I can go away from Lamar. I mean, he's been hot. He's been kind of playing as his old self last uh, few weeks. So um, Got it right. I think it's the Giants, a little more salty on defense. Baker could be in a, a high scoring game against the Jets. So it's like, I'm trying to weigh those two, but I think I'm probably going to stay with Lamar. Got to go. Looks like, I got uh, you there. Yeah. It looks like uh, Gene picked up hurts, but I think he's, I think he's rolling with Kyler at QB. So 
Um, might have been more of a defensive pickup than anything else. It was smart. He uh, it literally happened like a second before I tried to add. Or him. a future yeah. keeper. Oh. Could be. Oh. You, you hear like all – there's always like the couple guys every season in fantasy football that carry teams to championships. This year it seems to be Jalen Hurts being one of them, Cam Akers being another, even though he laid a dud in the semifinals. Uh, I don't think you're going to hear of many J.D. McKissiches, but uh, it, it did the job for Ange championship against Gene. We'll hear more about it in uh, next week's Musters Musings. But uh, with the end of NFL season comes the beginning of NBA season. We're not going to get too much into it as uh, games are currently being played right now. Balls going in hoops. Warriors, Lakers getting uh, kind of their ass handed to them a little bit. Um, we have our team set in stone. Guys are playing. We're getting fantasy points. Is there a guy on your guys' team, Nate, I'll start with you, that you're, you're really excited about this year that maybe you kept or that uh, you drafted and were stoked to have? Um, what do you got? Yeah. Um... You know, I got a pretty strong foundation with with Steph and a couple other good shooters, but I, I managed to get uh, DeMar DeRozan on uh, the redraft this year, and he's just solid across the board. Um, looking at his numbers tonight, he had nine rebounds, nine assists to go along with 28 points. Great free throw shooter, uh, just a solid all-around dude, doesn't shoot a lot of uh, three-pointers, but uh, I think he's going to just be a solid contributor all year long for me. Yeah, I, I was um, uh, Christmas came early to me uh, this year in the uh, form of Sizz not keeping Devin Booker as as we've covered before, and I uh, so he's got to be my number one uh, excited uh, new ad of the season. That's not uh, a keeper, even though he should have been a keeper. Uh, shout out Sizz again. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him light it up, especially now with uh, Chris Paul, which we touched on a bit last week with our yeah. uh, preview. Um, I'm kind of see excited to see how that develops. And uh, so far in the season and the, the preseason, what I've seen from them, they've been uh, when they all start together, they've been playing really well. I know Chris Paul's missed a couple games, um, but uh, they look really exciting to watch. So I'm excited to see what he can do for me. Yeah. And mind you guys, the Devin Booker dark horse pick by uh, yours, truly the host of the most here, uh, Devin Booker um, MVP. <laughs> dark yeah, horse okay. pick. Nobody would love that more than I would. <laughs> And I don't think that uh, Sizz is reeling too hard after the show that Kyrie Irving put on against the Warriors uh, yesterday, which was very frustrating to watch because Kyrie is not one of my favorite players in the world. So uh, him and, and Katie just look great. I'm really happy for Katie. Actually, he looked back to normal completely like he never got injured at all. Um, I'm really excited about Christian Wood, actually. So I, I picked him up towards the end of, of last basketball season, and he was just putting up 20 and 10 for, for Detroit every single game. And now he's on Houston. Obviously, he didn't get to play today because James Harden loves strip clubs more than he loves anything else in the world. So uh, we didn't get to see him play out there today, but I'm excited about him just to make a step forward. Could he be my uh, most improved player this year? Maybe. We'll see about it. But okay. uh, I got him in the eighth round of the mega draft, and I think – I got, I didn't want to say, I don't want to say I got shit, but I got like comments about him. Like, Hey, you want to, you want your guy like go for him. Cause I, I think I may have reached for him a little bit at the time. Right. Yeah. In the eighth round. But now when you're doing drafts the past week in the NBA, he was going the third round. He's pre-ranked on Yahoo at 45 and people are actually getting a little crazy and getting him in, in third round. So I'm actually really excited to see him play uh, with Houston. Obviously he could play that like Clint Capella role, but may actually have more skill and a little more polish of a player than, uh, Clint is obviously so excited to see him uh, out there if they ever get to play and can get away from COVID protocol. Yeah, Christian Woods an, an, an intriguing uh, 
player because um, he went to UNLV and, and they had a, a string of guys who were kind of one and done that were uh, big prospects coming out of high school, him, Anthony Bennett. Um, they had another uh, big, mm. a big guy, a white guy. I can't remember what his name was, but he was there for a year and he didn't have he had an unimpressive freshman year. And then he went to the NBA and I think he's, he's fizzled out since then, but uh, Christian Wood did the same thing. And it was kind of surprising. I think he was a transfer from Pitt and then he went to uh, UNLV um, and just did the one year. It was kind of uh, underwhelming because he was really hyped coming in. Um, but then he went to the NBA and then, yeah, kind of a slow start, but he's kind of picked it up the last couple of years. So uh, he's definitely, you know, really been good to him. Kind of like what happened with Kawhi going to the NBA. I mean, obviously he was uh, just outside of the lottery, but, um, or the last pick of the lottery. And, um, but he had no three point game. And then he went to the NBA and developed that and became the star that he wasn't even, uh, yeah. like we, we weren't seeing in college. I mean, he was just a freak af- athlete, rebounder, kind of just a, a smart player, but didn't have any kind of range. And then once he developed that in the NBA, he became a completely different player. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited yeah. to watch him play a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, in reference to the, to the Rockets, shouldn't these teams be forfeiting if they're just blatantly, yes. um, you know, bypassing the COVID protocols. Like it, it was clear that, that Arden was, was doing something that obviously the contract tracing contact tracing um, affected everybody on the squad. Like you're being stupid. You should lose the game. Yes. I don't, I don't understand why we get to postpone it, force the other team to have an inconvenience on their schedule. I, I just, I'm, I'm over it. I guess uh, I've seen a lot with, with college basketball too. I think if they're going to play, um, then play. And if they can't play, then they forfeit. Yeah. And they had eight active players too. So they should have played. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder how, I how the it. league looks at that with um, like the Thunder in this case, getting awarded a win and how that, you know, that could impact playoff races and stuff like that. I wonder why that, I wonder if that's part of why they're maybe hesitant to do it because teams could be getting somewhat of arbitrary wins that could and will have an impact on the playoff race. So I wonder if that's what it is. Cause yeah, it doesn't seem fair. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah, tough thing to juggle because you're not really sure yeah. how to really approach that kind of uh, negligence by a team. Yeah, even with the contract tracing, they had eight players. I remember the Warriors back in like the, the pre-Steph days, like they played guys like Mikey Moore and had like seven active players and actually had to get like some kind of like a uh, hardship exception to like sign a person under their active roster to have enough players to play. So like if you have eight active players and you lose guys because of contact tracing, make them play the game. They're going to yep. lose. They yep. can play. Like yep. that's it. It's, it's, it's really silly. I don't, I don't really agree with the postponement myself. And I know a couple of the tough league guys did have a OKC money line when the news came out about uh, all the contact tracing happening for Houston. And we're bummed to see the game get postponed, but uh, I don't agree with the postponement should have let it make them play with the eight dudes. Yep. yep. And the, the roster should be expanded too. like give them 16 or 17 guys that they can have, make them yep. dress. They expanded it like to dress 15, but expand the roster for this. And I think I don't see, I think it might happen now. Yeah, yeah, me smart. Yeah. MLB yeah. did it, 28 players. NFL just has a plethora of players anyway. Right. Like it needs yeah, to be yeah, the practice squads and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, fun stuff talking about the the COVID postponements in the first game of the uh the <laughs> yeah, NBA season. Yeah, we all love it. So let's let's get on to the week 15 in review. It was kind of a mixed bag from Tough Week. Uh we had two was perfect it? weeks. We had uh, someone having their second straight 0-3 week. Someone, their second straight 0-3 week. So we're going to start off with our very own Nate Musser, Niz the Wiz, as we like to call him, for a 3-0 week here. His second of the podcast. 
Uh, starting off with a nice Alabama-Florida over 74-and-a-half call. Bama 52-46 victory over Florida. Easily covered that over. The spicy UAB Marshall under 41-and-a-half, which seemed like a slam dunk kind of like halfway through going into the fourth quarter and uh, got a little scary there, but UAB pull out the victory over Marshall 22, 13 avoiding going over that 41 and a half total. And then of course the pound town lock of the week, which I think we all agreed with and Nate made the great call of picking it Clemson minus 10 and a half, just absolutely put it down on Notre Dame uh, 34 to 10. Nate talk to us about your three and zero week. You moved to nine and three overall and you have not missed a pound town lock. You just, you own the place. You're, you're, you're busty, uh, lady there that that waits for you at the airport gets you in the car serves you a drink as you arrive tell us about your week well uh victoria and i are are becoming very close (laughs) um her and i are just really building a great rapport spending a lot of time together um it felt great i'm not gonna lie to you it felt great the uh the over in, in alabama florida seemed pretty early on like uh like it was just gonna happen i mean the the scoring got off to an insane pace had me a little nervous in the third quarter because the, it did slow down a little bit, but um, the floodgates reopened. And so we got an easy, easy over with uh, 98 total points. Um, talked about the first half, uh, first half over the first half team total, the first half spread, the game spread. And it <laughs> ended up that Florida made it a lot closer um, than, than I thought they were going to mm-hmm. and, and credit to their offense for being able to move the ball really well against Alabama. Um, but we, we hit the over no problem. The, <laughs> The UAB Marshall, the sexy game of the week. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it was literally twelve to nine at one point. And on the last last pod, I was, I was saying um, it was going to be some weird score, like twelve to eight. Um, and yeah, it got weird. Um, the fourth quarter, I think there was seventeen points scored or something like mm. that. There was two two busted coverages that ended up in these long passing touchdowns. Um, but for the first three quarters, they were just. Uh, it was just ugly. Um, you know, it was exactly as I said, it was going to be. Um, and we were able to narrowly avoid, uh, hitting the over on that one. And, uh, my, my pound town lock of the week four and O, you know, it just feels good. It feels, uh, feels good to just hit my target. Clemson rolled them, uh, Notre Dame still in the playoff with the loss. I think they're going to get absolutely smashed by Alabama. Um, I think they are, they're the, they're the odd man out in the, in the teams. Um, I don't think anybody else other than Alabama is going to win it, but I I don't think Notre Dame has even a a fighting chance. So yeah, felt good. Clemson rolled him. Trevor Lawrence, very good. He's in the Heisman conversation now and yeah, it's just a three and a week, baby. This is what we do. I was going to, I was going to ask, is Notre Dame the worst team in the playoff? And it's like, By far. Really that yeah. Close. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's funny that this pod is like educating me on college football a little bit. Cause I had like the father-in-law and like the brother-in-law asking me questions. It's like, Oh, who do you guys think is going to make the champion, uh, the college football playoff? And I was like, it's going to be Alabama. It's going to be Notre Dame and then so on and so forth. And I actually referenced you guys. I, I didn't take full credit for it. I was like, my boys on the podcast that we do <laughs> educated me on this. And they said this, so this is what's going to happen. And, and you know what? It happened. It did. Um, so there's another great week for me. Nine and three overall guys, follow the, 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 the Nate college football picks. It's just, it's profitable. Just, just do it. Print right? money over here. Yeah, we are. And speaking of printing money, quit your jobs, liquidate all assets. <laughs> no, please don't just like $50 bad smacks. Don't get crazy with it. We literally do not want that pressure. So please. And if you do bet them, like, it's just better not to tell us, just tell us if it wins. And if you lose, keep it to yourself. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we don't want the pressure so printing money we did it 
in college football again from our very own Andrew. 3-0 week. Coming back from an 0-3 start, he said, you know what? I'm done getting picks wrong. Let me get three right really quick. And he took Oregon plus three and a half against 13th ranked USC and beat him outright 31 to 24. And we had obviously the pod question come in from uh, SJSU alum Noah and asked SJSU plus six and a half. And Ange's like, I don't even care about your question. I was going to take this anyway versus Boise State. And SJSU took the victory 34 to 20 and, and said, I'm going to pound town with Alabama and took the team total 45 and a half. And that covered relatively easy as they did get to 52 points. Uh, Ange, you're in pound town. You joined the ranks of the perfect week. How does it feel? Tell us about it. Man, I mean, I was due for the redemption. We, we, I mean, you said it yourself. We had a, a fifth grade pattern check right there. And yep. the three and a week was destined to, to fall in my lap. Um, first off, I just need to pick a bone with uh, Mr. Noah. Uh, my fellow Tottenham brethren asks about the game. I give him a staunch. Yes. Take the Spartans. And he doesn't bet them. Oh, One of the streets that he did not even lay a single penny on his Spartans to, to cover them, let, not let alone win, just cover the, the spread against Boise state, which I told him was luck and he didn't do it. So Noah, next time you ask a question and you want some advice and we give it to you, you take it because we're printing money over here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, my like the Oregon line, like I thought, was was stinky, and, and there's a reason why they just came out and, and they gamed against USC. They make uh, Slovis look really bad. He was throwing some bad picks. They're they're getting to him all game. Uh, they came out hot and kind of just rode that into the into the final whistle. Um, and yeah, San Jose State again, uh, same thing, kind of with them. They came out fired up, started off really hot and kind of just controlled Boise. I was really impressed with San Jose's defense the entire game. They were just on point the entire time. Uh, that one covered by 20 and a half points. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Alabama, I mean, yeah, we all saw it on the, uh, on the, um, on the preview that we thought they were going to put up big, big points. They left the, uh, the 52 a little bit late. I mean, I was sitting on 45 for a second. There. I think they scored a touchdown with like four minutes left or something like that to, to cover it. So that was a little nervy, um, but I wasn't too worried about them uh, putting on more points uh against Florida. He didn't really look like they were too keen on stopping them besides that third quarter. Um, so yeah, feels great to be on the beach. I'm um, sipping a Mai Tai. Um, I got a pina colada on deck. Um, I did ask Victoria if she could help me unload my stuff. She said, no. Um, she knows a guy, yeah. she knows yeah, a guy that can flyer. help me out. I said, well, I'll be back next week and then uh, maybe we'll see if we can work something out. So I still working on that, that angle. Um, but, but it feels good to, to redeem myself from my, my first week blunder. You know, rumor has it. You. Go ahead, Nate. I was just gonna say, I told you, I told you he was coming back. I knew, I knew my boy wasn't gonna stay down zero and three. He had to come back strong, and he did. Yep. Nate is the only one so far with the the dedicated liaison in Poundtown. Yeah. It, it apparently it takes some work. A three and zero week did it because he, he mentioned her, and now on a first name basis, I think is the first time we've got her name now. And that's a four and zero week, uh, so we obviously have a mount uh, a ladder to climb in terms of our relationships in Poundtown, and I personally don't have one. I think the money printing machine broke on Saturday. Yes, uh, because when we get to NFL, it's not a pretty sight, my friends. And uh, apparently the Thursday night, the machine wasn't working very well, still a little glitched out. And I took Austin Eckler over at 39 and a half receiving yards. He got 19. And I said it, I tweeted about this on the pod at tough underscore pod. I said, I think the chargers may be force feeding Austin Eckler a little too much, taking away from Justin Herbert's playmaking. And what happens? They stop force feeding Austin Eckler targets. Justin Herbert has 
two rushing touchdowns, 314 passing yards, makes plays, and they win, right? So I probably should have taken my own advice and pass on the Austin Eckler over receiving yards, but he gets four targets, four catches, 19 yards. Big whiff on me, and I think I had some followers on that one. So uh, I apologize to anybody that took that pretty egregious and then we go to a really frustrating game for myself I took Buccaneers minus five and a half versus Atlanta and I felt almost dead going into half because Tom Brady looked horrible Atlanta looked like their old selves maybe Matt Ryan heard me and said oh it's not curtains for me let me show you how I still can do it even without Julio Jones 17 nothing lead at half but I salvaged it because I took Buccaneers plus seven and a half at half and I took Buccaneers money line at half both ended up hitting and the minus five and a half probably should have hit because of that egregious spot by the referees on that fourth and fourth and two run by Leonard Fournette in which it's a very clear that he did not reach the the first down marker based on the referee's spot. But I'm trying not to get too mad about it because I assume Tom Brady being Tom Brady would have taken that fourth and one, did a sneak, converted it, and it would have ended anyway because a field goal would have given me the cover. So I don't like to think in hypotheticals. I bet Tom Brady would have just snuck that anyway and I would have been even more pissed if they didn't get it and went fourth on fourth down I didn't get the total so I'll just take my LA one by four I'll take my live uh, bets into the house and then my pound town lock if you told me last week that Brendan Ayuk scored a touchdown got 13 targets caught nine passes and I bet that over 74 and a half rushing yard or uh, receiving yards I would have, I would have booked my ticket to pound town. I would have shown up without even knowing the actual result, but you know what he does? 73 yards receiving and the line was 74 and a half. Brutal. And and like, honestly, it was a soft 73. They were running him on like Michael Thomas style, quick slants, like low a dot targets and not using him downfield. And I don't know if that is a, a scheme they went with, with Debo Samuel out, but nine catches for 73 yards. That is not very good efficiency from the Niners and from Brendan Ayuk. And it took a 30-yard pass in like yeah. the last 30 seconds of the game after the Cowboys house or CD Lamb housed the, the onside kick to even get to 73. So like I'm upset I missed it by a yard and a half, but like it shouldn't even have been that close. It was yeah. rough showing. So I took an 0-3 on the week. I'm now four and eight overall. And I haven't been to Pound Town since week one. <laughs> so uh you guys want me to give me some, might want to give me some time to work my way back. But again, I believe in being due. I've missed my last like eight picks or something like that. So this week I'm ready to go. So Jez isn't here to talk about his picks. So we'll roll through them. Dolphins minus two versus New England. And I, I he, if he was here, he would, he would say this and I'm going to step on my own dick here and mention it that I bet <laughs> New England Sunday morning money line heavily after I heard that Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Mike Kosicki, and like every other offensive player was out for Miami, I went straight and bet New England money line before they even took it down off the site. You probably felt great. Crazy. Yeah, you probably felt like you got some great I felt like, really good. Yeah. And I even said, I was like, I bet Jesse's going to wake up and feel upset about having Miami minus two with all these uh, star players out. And Tua went out and did it. I thought New England's defense would step up a little more, but they ran it down their throat with Salvin Ahmed. 122 rushing yards. Great game from him. So Jesse cashed that one. Dolphins minus two. And that's really where the NFL gravy train ended for both of us. Eagles plus six was a rough beat. Uh, again, Jalen Hurts took a lot of teams to the fantasy championship, but couldn't take his team to the victory. Kyler had a better game. They won by seven 
And we had a lot of live bets in that game as well. That didn't work out for us either because we thought Philadelphia was going to win that game. But Kyler Paul, the victory, 33-26 Arizona. And the Colts-Texans over 51 to take him to pound town. Jesse was wearing his vacation shirt, a nice Hawaiian shirt with a bunch of flowers on it. Maybe three buttons buttoned. You can see the sternum. You see the chest. You have a nice taco meat going on under the shirt because he was ready to go because Kiki Kuti caught a, a slant. He was running towards the end zone at the two-yard line to take the over at the end of the game. Fumble. Punched out. Recovered by Indianapolis. Victory formation. Game ends. Indianapolis 27. Houston 20. All he needed was four points or five points or just a touchdown, basically. And QT was right there. All I had to do was hang onto the ball. They probably punch it in and it's the over. And he doesn't get it. He rips off, rips the, rips the buttons. Buttons go flying in the, in the room because he ripped off his Hawaiian shirt and he's not happy. So he's sitting here with me, not in pound town for the holidays, one Mm -hmm. and two week, but seven and four overall. Got to be happy about that. Unfortunately, one and three in pound town. And as a tough league, we were seven and five on the week. Thanks to our college football guys really got us there. And we're 23 and 18 overall. Again, we're making you guys money. It's happening if you're following. So great week from CFB guys. The NFL guys need to step it up a little bit. Uh, and as we get into week 16, there's not a ton of college football going on right now. Uh, it's kind of that, that lull where we're getting like the, uh, the kind of off-brand bowl games before the big ones come kind of towards the end of the year and into the new year. So I'm curious to see where, those, where these guys go. And uh, with that just fantastic transition from myself, let's get into those week 16 picks. Let's get into see what Nate, Nate is going to do. Give us your first pick. Are you venturing into the wild streets of the NFL, or are you going to stick with the the off-brand bowl games in college football? What do you got, Nate? I got a little bit of a little bit of both for you today, Ooh, baby. Um, he did yeah, tease us yeah. earlier. He was like, "I got some Saturday action," or was it yeah. with one of you guys? I got some Saturday action, but we'll we say what we have NFL yeah. games Saturday. We've got college football games Saturday, so let's hear what you got. Well, I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, return to the well in a weird way. I'm going back to another Marshall game this weekend. Uh, Marshall has, um, has Buffalo rolling into town. I mean, they're playing somewhere. It's some stupid camellia bowl (laughs) on Christmas day, something, um, Christmas day game. Um, I am looking at Marshall plus four and a half. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why, uh, Jared Patterson for Buffalo is one of the, the best, uh, probably the best running back in the, in the group of five. Um, again, we talked about him the other day. He had eight touchdowns, 400 rushing yards. Um, and he's just, he's an absolute stud. Um, unfortunately, Marshall has the second best run defense in the nation after the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, they're allowing, wow. they're allowing 88.9 yards per game and 2.7 yards per carry. Um, the Buffalo quarterback, Kyle Van Trees is just not really, uh, the guy that you want to be slinging the ball. So I think what um, I think what Marshall's going to do is they're going to stack the box against Patterson and they're going to make Vantries throw it. And he very well may be able to, uh, to get him a, a few scores, but I think that Marshall defense is going to be stout. I think Brendan Knox is going to run all over Buffalo. Uh, Grant Wells, still not a good quarterback freshman for, for Marshall, but I think that they have enough big bodies up front. They have a very strong offensive line. Um, I think Brendan Knox is going to be the star of this game. And I think Marshall, if they don't win outright, comes within a field goal, something like 24-21, one way or the other. So I'm going to start with Marshall, plus four and a half in the Amelia Bowl. 
back to the Marshall well. That's a plus four and a half. Lock it in for Nate. He just wants to keep winning. Three misses on 12 picks so far in podcast history. He doesn't want to make it a four. So let's, let's get Marshall plus four and a half. Ange, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to hang out. You know, me and Nate right now uh, are in Pound Town, and he's taking us out on Christmas Day to mm-hmm. the Camellia Bowl. And I'm <laughs> hopping on his back, and I'm joining him at the Camellia Bowl. A little Christmas special. See, this is what we do here at Tough League. We, we want to give you guys a gift. It's Christmas Day. We're feeling generous. We're telling you how to get some free money on Christmas Day. Ooh. So I'm going to join Nate at the Camellia Bowl, and I'm looking at the under 54 points. Um, Marshall's offense in the conference title game, conference USA title game, uh, as Brent, or as Logan would say, looked poopy. Um, Jared Patterson, like Nate said, he's, he's a little banged up right now. He got uh, injured against Ball State. Uh, his, his knee got a little banged up. I think it sounds like he's going to go, but he probably won't be 100%. Um, and then with, with Marshall's run defense, um, like Nate touched on, I, I think they're going to struggle to put some points up. Um, I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. Uh, you should only watch if you really are trying to avoid hanging out with your family. Um, but I think uh, under 54 um, is looking is looking uh, dead on. So um, I really like that 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 number. I think it's going to be like Nate kind of predicted in his score of 24-21, probably somewhere in like the mid-40s, maybe high 40s if that. Um, so, so I'm going to take under 54 in the Marshall Buffalo uh, Camellia Bowl. I missed uh, one, one little bit of uh, important note here. The MAC conference, as much as we love it, back to 2016, they're five and 19 in bowl games. Ooh. Five wins, <laughs> 19 losses. Whoa. Speaking of trends, I hope everyone's just betting the under on the armed forces games. Oh, just pound it. Just they're <laughs> all day they long. They could set that. They could set it at like 22, and you still gotta you still gotta hit the under. That's like the funniest thing to me in college football. I see Army, Air Force, Navy playing each other. I'm like, I'm looking at a nine-point game. <laughs> and they're still setting the lines in the 30s, and I feel like it hasn't gotten there in like yep. forever. That's yep. the funniest thing. So I apparently did not get the invite to the Camellia Bowl because I'm stuck to on join. Sundays. Little, <laughs> yeah, first half team total if you want. I don't even think I can tell you where Marshall is. That's how pathetic it is. And like, I know there's like a movie about it, and I still don't really know. So, and luckily, I luckily know where Buffalo is because there's an NFL team there. So, I'm going to the NFL. And, you know, the first couple of weeks of the podcast, I was really shitting on the, the Minnesota Vikings and things were going well for me. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you guys a Christmas special and I'm going to lay six and a half points for the Saints to beat the poopy. Vikings. <laughs> We're bringing the poopy back. We're bringing back the, the magic of the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't think the Vikings fans are going to get a Kirk Kringle game. It's unfortunately <laughs> going to be a Krampus Cousins because he's going to come down and actually tear apart the Christmas spirit of every single Minnesota Vikings fan because he is going to shit the bed. The Saints held Patrick Mahomes in check last week, sacked him four times. And Patrick Mahomes secretly Last five games have been sacked 10 times. That's an average of two a game and four times by the New Orleans Saints. And you know how many times Kirk Cousins has been sacked in the last five games? 17 times and sacked six times two weeks ago. And I think that trend is going to continue. And Kirk Cousins is not good under pressure. He's not going to have to move his feet very much. And the Saints have been sending it and getting a lot of sacks, a lot of hits, and a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And I know Kirk Cousins has great weapons. Love Justin Jefferson. Love Dalvin Cook. Love Adam Thielen. Love Irv Smith. I just don't think that Cousins is going to have it today. I think the Saints defense is really going to come to play. And like I've said in past pods, 
when it comes to veteran quarterbacks kind of coming in after a long layoff, it takes them a week or two or a game or two to really get going. Drew Brees coming off the couple week layoff with the rib injury did look out there, look a little bit rusty. And now a full week to get a little more healthy, a full week to prepare. And Drew Brees is going to come out on Christmas. He's going to come out on national TV and he's going to do his thing. And you know what? When I was looking at these picks earlier, I was like Saints minus seven. Uh, and literally as I was scrolling through the sports book, DK sports and refreshing, it switched to Saints minus six and a half. And you know, if it was minus seven and it dropped into six and a half, give me that number. Give me Money. the Saints by a touchdown or more. Saints minus six and a half against the poopy Minnesota Vikings and Krampus Cousins. So, so right uh, there, you're looking at a three-team, uh, maybe a little parlay action, maybe a little teaser for yourself for Christmas Day if you want a little little side action. Oh, yeah. Keep that in mind, all you listeners. All, all you Christmas okay, action. We had 84,000 listeners last week. Yeah. Uh, keep that in mind. <laughs> I mean, as a unit, we might all move the lines a little bit, but, but you might want to hop on those as soon as you can. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're getting a lot of listeners out in Vegas because uh, they're just they're trying to keep their, their ear to the ground and, and moving these lines around as we're saying them. So you got to get on it quick. Um, Logue, you think a, a big game for Alvin Kamara? Uh, I do think a big game from Alvin Kamara, and we can touch on that in a little bit. That's a, that's a good lead in, but uh, I'm going to have to hold that one tight to the chest. Oh. Okay. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that right. though. I, don't, I like your mind, Zach. Cause I mean, usually a successful Alvin Kamara means a successful saints. Absolutely. So I might, I might just, I feel so good about the, the Minnesota anti-Minnesota well that I might go back to it later. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I do want to, I know we mentioned it's a three man pod. We don't have my blood brother, uh, the hot take machine himself in the pod, but we do have his picks or do we have him calling in? Ring, ring. I, I believe we have. I believe. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm getting a call. Hang on. Bing, hang on bing. one second here. Yes. Is it? Hello. Are you there? Do we have oh, you? Hey guys. What's up, guys? Guys, <laughs> uh, 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 a little busy tonight. Got a little family dinner going on, but uh, <laughs> just want to let you guys know I got some got some locks for you this week. Guys, let's hear them. Three, we'll get you back to dinner. Let's reel them off the three picks you got for us. I know it's all NFL. What do you got for us? Well, buddy, I'm going right to the San Diego. I'm sorry, LA with the Chargers. <laughs> They're going to take take that three points and stick it up those Broncos butts. So I like Chargers <laughs> minus three. Uh, the Browns have to win at uh, the Jets. And uh, I think they're going over 47. 47 isn't very much. And these two teams will probably score a little bit. Um, the Jets might put up something like 35. I don't know, but I think they'll both get over 47 combined. And if you're ready for it, my down lock of the week is Tigers <laughs> minus seven and a half on the road against the, the silly, terrible Jaguars. And I think Mitch is the future, you guys. I got to tell you. Mitch is just, he's very handsome and he's very good. And I think he's going to win all the awards in these, these next coming years. And <laughs> I think they're going to win by a lot. So that's my countdown lock of the week. And this is Jesse Ridge signing off. <laughs> what, a, what a guest appearance. Just had to, had to ditch the family dinner. Jess, thank you for joining. Tell the fam I said what's up. And a quick recap, Chargers minus three, Browns Jets over 47. And of course, Mitch, the future, Poundtown, Bears minus seven and a half for Jazz. 
what a commitment by Jazz to, to take the time and give us a call. I mean, that's the dedication he has to to the to the audience, uh, to the league, to this podcast. Uh, he is uh, committed, and, and I appreciate him. And, and I mean, and you could obviously tell that wasn't a fake. Um, that sounds just <laughs> like him. So no, it was exciting to get a call. Um, him take the time to, to make sure he got his picks in for us. Haters will say it's fake. <laughs> yeah, what a what a gamer. I mean, uh, I think I think it's fair to say we all we all love Jazz. And, uh, you know, it's happy to hear from him. Uh, his, he's, he sounds great. He, he sounds healthy. <laughs> he sounds strong. So we miss you on the pod today, Jez. Thanks for joining for those couple minutes. Love you, bud. Uh, Nate, let's move on. Pick number two. Where are we at? So I was bouncing around with this one a little bit. Um, and I, I actually really like my next two picks. Um, but I'm going to save one, hoping that, uh, that it doesn't get snatched up on the go around. Um, but I am going to go back to a team that's been really struggling. Um, and I'm actually going to the NFL with this one. Mm. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers. They've got, uh, the Colts rolling into town this week. Um, the Steelers obviously look terrible on Thursday night, like absolutely awful. They had some mm-hmm. early injuries, um, but no excuses. They lost to a bad Bengals team. Um, and you can just kind of see that they're reeling right now. Um, I guess I'm just a believer that they're not as bad as they've been playing. I think they are closer to the team that started 10 and 0 than the team that's lost their last three. Um, This game started at Steelers minus three, and now they're getting a point and a half. Uh, The Colts are coming in. They're a good team also, but I think the Steelers have, have some pretty strong uh, upfront to, to kind of limit the Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor business. Mm -hmm and force Philip Rivers to throw the ball. And we, we both know that that can be troublesome sometimes. So um, I think Steelers win this outright. I am going to go ahead and just take the one and a half just in case we're uh, up against it. Maybe something like 28, 27 comes out. You never know. So give me Steelers plus one and a half and a bounce back this week. There's a, a little fact that I saw, I think it was on ESPN, that the last team to start 11 and 0 and then lose three straight uh, was the Saints the year that they won the Super Bowl. So maybe it's a little Ooh. kiss of death for the Steelers. Could be. Well, there you go. Yeah. I like that pick too. I was actually considering that one plus one and a half. I mean, those are two pretty similar teams, you know, like two really solid defenses, two fronts that protect their quarterback relatively well and a lot of talent on the offensive end. So it could be a pretty good game. And obviously when it comes to spreads that close, I usually lean turns the home team anyway. Uh, obviously it, I don't know how much home field advantage matters this much this year, but uh, yeah. I can see a Steelers bounce back, bounce back happening. I really like that pick a lot. So there's going to be like uh, eight people waving the terrible towels, and it's just yeah, gonna be, it's going to be wild. And you're going to hear them. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're still going to be loud. <laughs> and pick number two. All right, so um, I'm I'm sticking with with what I know best, and that's college football. Um, so we're going to go to the game that everyone has circled, and that's the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Uh, we're looking on Saturday, December 26th, probably that don't have that uh, memorized already. That would be Liberty and Coastal Carolina. See, I was, I was looking at this line, kind of giving some research on this, um, and I wasn't really sure which way I was going to go, but I knew I had to get some action on this game. Um, these two teams are actually supposed to play on December 5th, uh, but Liberty had some COVID issues, so they had to back out of the game, and that's when Coastal Carolina uh, had BYU come in, and that's when they, they beat BYU for their signature win of the season. Um, but I think that that was kind of the highlight of Coastal Carolina's season. And I think Liberty is going to be a little more motivated than Coastal Carolina. So I'm taking Liberty plus seven and a half. Give me that hook. 
catch me like a fish. I'm going to eat it all up. And Liberty's <laughs> plus seven and a half against Coastal Carolina. I think they come out um, and, and they cover that, if not get the win. Oh, our so you know how I was, is not going to love that one. <laughs> you know how I was just saying that I was hoping that you wouldn't take my, my PT lock of the week. You just did. So um, I'm, I'm, actually in full, I'm actually in full agreement. I think uh, Coastal's had their, their fun. I don't think they give much of a shit about this, this final game um, mm-hmm. on paper. Both these teams are like almost identical. They both score about 38 points per game and they both give up about 18 points per game. Um, I think Liberty has more to prove on the national stage and I'm, I'm pissed, but I'm with you on this one, Andrew. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that means for all your listeners take 20 units, whatever you bet, make it times <laughs> it by 20 and put on Liberty plus seven and a half. You got Keep a double point. contributor vote of approval on Liberty plus seven and a half. Uh, lock that one in. Nate, just Mr. Krabs meme right now. Uh, reeling after a pick taken. <laughs> Great joke right now. so we're gonna go back to me going back to the nfl and uh oh this one was kind of interesting packers minus three at home versus tennessee and 75 percent of the public is actually on tennessee right now which i found kind of interesting it's likely going to be a cold weather game which i don't think tennessee is uh, the players are very suited for except derrick henry whereas aaron Rodgers has been playing in these like snow games these freezing cold games his entire career and it's it's nothing to him and actually looked up the weather there's a 50% chance of snow on Sunday Ooh. and the high is like 36 degrees. I don't think Tennessee is ready for that. I don't care uh, how well they've been playing and how much their offense has been working. I just, I think that Aaron Rodgers, who was on a self-proclaimed MVP run, he's not really handing it off to Aaron Jones a ton, except last week when Devonte Adams got that like seven fantasy points, but he's just kind of basically been abusing Devonte Adams with targets. And there's not a better wide receiver in the league to abuse targets with, and it's been working out. He's going to get right back on the horse get those multi for anybody that survived that Devonte Adams done in fantasy football, the championship it's going to pay off for you. Cause he's going to go off on this horrid Tennessee defense and Tennessee has been stopping nobody, nobody at all. And I think that streak is going to continue. I know like green Bay can get beat on the ground a little bit, a lot of it, honestly. And Derek Henry is obviously the worst player to play. If you can beat on the ground really easily, but what I'm hoping for and expecting is the Packers to really get out to a lead where the Tennessee Titans have to pass the ball and can't just keep toting it off to Derek Henry over and over again. And actually the last time the Titans really got far behind was in week 13 against the Cleveland Browns and Henry got a measly 16 touches and he averages 24.3 touches per game. And if the Packers can get out to a quick lead and really put Tennessee in the hole, it's going to really neutralize the Derrick Henry, uh, Derrick Henry blow up game. And I don't think Tannehill is going to be able to like really carry Tennessee to a victory without Derrick Henry having a huge game. So I'm vigiling another uh, light workload for Derrick Henry, a big workload for uh, Tannehill. And it's going to be a cover of the Packers minus three against Tennessee. And I'm locking that one in. Yeah, I think if it's bad weather, that probably lends itself actually in the Packers' favor because uh, they can kind of load the box and kind of just focus on taking mm-hmm. Henry out of the game and really uh, have to make Tannehill make a play against them, which is going to be tough to do in that kind of those kind of conditions. So I think you're probably hoping for uh, that snowy weather if you can get it. Yeah, yeah, I want it. Doesn't doesn't bother Aaron Rodgers at all. He's been doing it for 15 years. He doesn't care. Plus, it's so much more fun to watch a game in the snow, especially when you're at home and you're warm. And oh, you're yeah. It's, it's, it's so much more fun. <laughs> I'm cozy. You know, low in like Raleigh is like 19 degrees on Christmas Day. So I don't know how warm I'm going to be. I'm not leaving the house. The high is like the same. It's like 36 degrees. So not going to be super warm, but uh, I really don't think Tennessee is going to be ready for that game. 
uh, and it's going to be an easy cover by the Packers. So give me that minus three. And uh, you know what? You guys were in Poundtown this past week. You're having a holiday Poundtown experience. Nate doesn't. Nate doesn't even leave anymore. He has like he he's a permanent. Say he's like a DJ at a Vegas hotel where he has a residency, and he just he just lives there and does his job and doesn't leave. Nate, what's going to keep you in Poundtown this week? Give us the pick. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm reeling. I felt really good about Liberty uh, plus the points coming out as the uh, the PT lock, um, but I did have some some other stuff written down. Um, a little bit different than what I normally go to is it's going to be my second NFL play of the week. Um, so take that as you will. Um, but I'm looking at the, the Dallas Philadelphia game. And uh, the first meeting that they played was, I believe, 23 to nine, just kind of this really ugly game, a lot of field goals. Um, I'm not seeing that this time. I think Jalen Hurts rolls into town and he is so much more mobile, keeps the pace going a lot better than, Carson Wentz does. And I think, I think both of these teams are going to score a little bit. Um, Looking at the number, it's 49 and a half. And I think what Vegas wants us to do there is say, okay, that's seven touchdowns plus a half a point. You should take the under because that half, that little hook is tricking us. But what I think is going to happen is that these guys are going to blow by that number. I think we're going to see a game that's a little bit more like the Eagles Cardinals game last week that I think got to like 60, 59, mm-hmm. 60 points, something like that. Um, I'm looking at like a 34, 31 game. I think we're going to get a lot of points. Um, I feel like it's a game that could start a little bit slow and then pick up. So, you know, don't stress if we're only at 10 points after the first quarter. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go ahead and lock it in. Poundtown lock of the week, Philly and Dallas over 49 and a half. If you can get it for, for less without that hook, jump all over it, even with the hook. I think we're still going over. I like the pick. Yeah. It's, just, it's just like two teams that can't stop the pass at all. And I don't think uh, it looks like Ezekiel Elliott's going to be back. So I don't think Dallas is really going to be hell bent on pat, uh, handing it off to Ezekiel Elliott too much. And Dalton hasn't been like super horrible. And Philly's really not stopping the pass at all. And obviously Dallas isn't either. And Jalen Hurts has just been, he's been awesome. Like really. And <laughs> last time, yeah. That game's in Dallas, right? Yeah, I was just going to say it's indoors. Yeah. I don't have to worry about braving the elements. Everybody's going to be warm and cozy. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas has got, what, a two-game or three-game winning streak for the first time this year. And these two teams are still fighting for a playoff spot, believe God, it or not. So um, there's, there's a lot of motivation, and I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Yeah, those Cowboys, uh, I had them uh, team total over 10, 10 wins this, this year. Uh, but, oh, no. And uh, – yeah, after the the deck, I mean, they had a slow start, and then deck got injured, and I knew I was I was dead to rights, and I needed some kind of resuscitation, which is why we need to show some appreciation to our first responders, which is why we're going to the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, and I'm looking at oh, Louisiana and ten, Texas San Antonio. Um, the public is on Louisiana on this one, and guess what? I'm a man of the people. I'm with the public on this one. Uh, the line is 13 and a half. Uh, bottom line, I just think the Raging Cajuns are a significantly better team. Um, they play tougher opponents than, than San Antonio has, um, and I think that prepares them well for this. First game of the year, they went into Iowa State and beat a really good uh, Cyclones team. Um, so I know that they have uh, the talent uh, to really uh, put it up on San Antonio in this game. So I think they win by 17-plus. Um, I'm going the Raging Cajuns minus 13 and a half for my pound town lock of the week to keep me on the beach. It's the winter. I don't want to be cold. I'm going to stay on the mm-hmm. beach. I want to get a little, a little burn. Actually. I want to peel a little bit uh, <laughs> because I know I'll peel with pride uh, staying in 
the pound town beef. So uh, take those raging Cajuns minus 13 and a half. I love college football and even I have zero desire to bet on that game, to watch that game. <laughs> I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think nine times out of 10, Louisiana is just going to absolutely roll them, but talk about two teams that just do not excite me. UTSA might be one of the most boring teams in college football and just, uh, yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough sell. Yeah, and that's the risk you run uh, with bowl get with bowl season is is motivation is is so much of a factor in these games. Um, I mean, you can all it's, it's easy to kind of look at uh, trends and all kind of stuff, but I mean, you can fudge numbers all you need to. But but, but when it comes down to a team that wants it or not or cares or if they're all checked out and they're just trying to go home for the vacation, you know, it's like you don't know what the motivation is going to be. You can only give give your best guess. Yeah, so it's yeah, there's always kind of that that toss up that intangible that you can never really quantify. I'm just really right, thinking Logan. about that, like sunburn, uh, post eight hours at the beach at the pool, uh, shower later in the day, that like crispy shower when you know you're about to go to the bar and just get fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good memories though. Cause you're usually not working and you're drinking and you're at the beach. It's great stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get back to pound town. I want that shower. Come join us. And then, you know what? I alluded to it. Nate, Nate gave me the nice transition to it earlier and I'm going back into the Minnesota Vikings are poopy. Well, oh. and I'm taking. Alvin Kamara over 45 and a half receiving yards. I'm taking another player prop. I'm hoping Kamara can, maybe he'll buy my ticket. Maybe he'll, he'll give me the all inclusive when I get to pound town, when he, when he gets his over 45 and a half in his 10 games with Drew Brees under center, he's averaged 68.8 receiving yards. Wow. That's crazy. And he's at the prop is at 45 and a half. And like I said, Brees needs a week or two to kind of get going with it a little bit. And I think he's going to be back to his like check down. No Michael Thomas abused Alvin Kamara with targets. He's had games with Breeze of 74, 83, 95, 96, and 139. And that's just receiving yards. I think we're getting a bit of a Taysom Hill uh, discount here because obviously Taysom Hill just ignored Alvin Kamara completely. And again, Drew Breeze needed a couple games to get back going again. So I got this line off a of DK Sportsbook. Um, just gave me that Kamara. 45 and a half receiving yards. And it should be a pretty easy cash because Drew Brees loves him. Some Camara. I love me some Camara and I love me some pound town and I want to get back. So lock it in for me, Alvin Camara over 45 and a half receiving yards. I will be uh, tailing that bet as soon as it is live on our site. Yep. Um, did I, did I set you up with a, with a tease without even knowing like that's mm-hmm. look at us. You did. I know. That's just how in lockstep we are. We're just three oh, dudes man. sharing the same mind. And it's just, I think it's just like that the good looks just kind of mesh into one solid alpha mind. And that's how it works out. That sounds about right. Yeah. I think all of yeah. our significant others would probably uh, agree with that as well. Just knowing that we're just top alpha dogs. That's what it is. 100% beefcake here on Tough Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a shame that you guys are listening to this via podcast and not watching it on YouTube (laughs) or something because I don't know how much you'd be able to pay attention just these these hot dudes and Jesse not even here too, just doing a podcast. It's really distracting. Do not show any of this video when it comes online to your wives. Just don't. (laughs) We joke. We have fun. uh, And that's that kind of a good transition into tough questions. We like to have some fun, answer some questions from guys that listen to the pod. A lot, of, a lot of tough league manager questions, but also buddies that have listened have been really supportive of the podcast. And I just want to tell those people that we really appreciate you guys. We have fun doing this on our own for like, if it only like three people listen to it, 
but you guys have been listening. You've given us feedback and you've enjoyed it, which, which is just fun. It makes us so much more fun when you guys tell us that you like it and that you want more. Like I have a question coming from Pat who now lives in Texas and he was like, why isn't it longer? And it was like an hour and a half pod. And he's like, yeah, I'll listen to this after I listen to this three hour podcast. And he's like, I want you guys to talk more. I want to hear you guys go three hours. And I was like, we definitely could. We want to make this more digestible for you guys. So we try and pack in as much as we can. So, it, so Pat, you have a question for us. He says, long time listener. <laughs> Love it. And with from the, the NBA's, yeah, from the beginning, Patrick out there now in Texas, formerly uh, a California boy with the NBA now in full swing. Who's your guys' most improved player? Who is it going to be? Who's winning the award at the end of the year? And let's start with you. Yeah, I'm probably going to go what is considered probably chalk uh, at this point, and that's going to be Michael Porter Jr. Um, I mean, we saw what he kind of did, did in the bubble, um, and then uh, they got rid of um, uh, Grant. Jeremy Grant went to the Pistons, so he's kind of filling that spot in the starting lineup. Um, so I think uh, his numbers are just kind of uh, – explode off the board. So I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. is probably the, um, the, the obvious answer for, for me. And I'm just going to take what's, what's handed to me, just like uh, when Sis gave me um, Devin Booker. <laughs> I love it. MPJ. I think MPJ is the favorite to win most improved player of the year right now. Well, uh, I was just looking at something and it said uh, Jamal Murray is, and I'm, oh, like, I'm yeah. not sure how much, I mean, he's, I'm not sure how much more improvement a guy can get. I mean, he's, I expect him he to have so an even well. better year, but I mean, like typically it's like some of the kind of doubles their numbers, which is impossible for him to do. So yeah. Yeah. The most improved player where it's kind of broken anyway, it's usually just one guy that was like kind of good the year before and just like was good again for another year. I don't know if it's really like a most improved, yeah. but it's just a guy yeah. that became like a superstar, but more of a household name, but uh, uh, MPJ, great player. Like him. We talked about on the last pod. We like him a lot. Nate. You know, I wrote down a couple names for this, and there's a couple that were that were more obvious, but I think I'm going to go with a, a deeper pick. Um, I think I had him on my fantasy team last year, and he was a big dud, um, but I still like his game, um, and I, I'm all I'm all about the Kings lately, um, and I think mm-hmm. they're they're a good young team. But I'm going to go with Marvin Bagley, um, yeah. and a lot of people there's just a lot about Marvin Bagley that people don't really realize. One, he's had basically two seasons and he's only managed about 75 games. He hasn't really been able to, uh, to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's going to contribute to um, him putting up numbers. Uh, he only played 13 games last year, but he was a second overall pick for a reason. He's still 21 years old. He was drafted at 19 has two seasons under his belt. Um, and he is now 21 years old. Um, he's a big dude. He doesn't have a ton of range, but I think he can be one of those kind of classic throwback players who can score around the bucket and has a little bit of a mid range. And I think if he puts together some defensive numbers as well, he's going to be one of those guys that's very coveted um, as he grows, as he grows older. So uh, I'm going to go with Marvin Bagley. I like De'Aaron Fox a lot as well, but I'm going to stick with his teammate. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold, let good. me guess for Logan. He's going to go uh, Christian Wood here. Christian Wood. <laughs> yeah, just go back to the Wood well. <laughs> I thought about it. Uh, the namesake is correct, uh, but I'm not going Christian Wood. I'm going a little deeper. I like. I'm just gonna. It's kind of like umbrand for me, right? Like I don't. I don't go with like the the top guys that are like favorite. I like to kind of dig a little deeper and see if I can find something that has like an outside shot of winning the award. I feel uh, and I'm going. 
I'm going, I'm going north of the border and I'm going to Toronto and going with Chris Boucher, the undrafted uh, warrior sign. Chris Boucher is six, nine power forward center, rare uh, shot blocking three point shooting ability, seven, four wingspan, skinny, skinny bull, uh, minute bull type, uh, bull bull type uh, build out there. But he played every game for Toronto last year. Uh, he made some strides even in from the previous year. I kind of got regular minutes for uh, Toronto and now with, um, the kind of the center spot up for grabs, Aaron Baines is a starter right now, but Boucher, I think is going to get a lot of minutes for that team. And he's going to potentially lead in blocks. He's going to make almost two, three pointers a game. And I can see him really making a step forward. He probably doesn't have the, the, the name brand, the name value that a lot of other players do to win the award. Uh, but I think you can see a really, really solid season considering he's 27 years old, been in the league for three, four years now, uh, and really make a leap and help that Toronto team uh, a ton. So I'm going to go, I think he was like plus like 5,000 or something like that. Uh, kind of going deep in that well, but Chris Boucher for me, I got them on both my fantasy basketball teams. So uh, I'm, I'm invested in them myself. All right, well, since you took a shot at me with the, uh, not going to take the talk <laughs> here, um, I'll give you somebody else who I was also eyeballing here. And yeah. that's, uh, Nate mentioned him on the last podcast, and that would be Lou Dort. Uh, he got Ooh. he broke through with yeah he broke through with the Thunder mostly for his defensive abilities. But um, if he can have that little jump offensively, I think he can be a really really solid player uh, both ends of the court. I think he averaged like thirteen points and or maybe more uh, in in the bubble, and then he had that one big game, I think like a thirty point game in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so I, he's shown the capability to have that uh, that part to his game. So if he can kind of be more consistent on the offensive end. Um, and he's someone to definitely keep an eye out on. I had a couple other ones just that I, that I wrote down, um, kind of a chalky one, but I think Deandre Ayton is ready to take mm-hmm. a big, big leap this year with, uh, with Chris Paul and, uh, and Devin Booker. And then, uh, the other guy who's kind of on an Island right now, who's playing with Dort, but doesn't have a lot of uh, sporting cast because of uh, the sell-off that the thunder did, but we got Shea Gilgis Alexander. He mm-hmm. had a great year last year, but I think, um, he might put up some more scoring numbers just because he's going to need to. Um, and he's just a really well-rounded player. And I think he's going to, he could show up in the, in the ballots towards the end of the season. I was a little surprised to see shy. So high up on the most improved player rankings since he was so damn good last year. Right. Um, but again, that goes to what I was saying earlier is it's the award itself. Isn't always like technically the, the most improved player. It's kind of the guy that was like, Ooh, he was really good last year. Can he make the leap to become like a superstar this year? And I think that's kind of like the Michael Porter Jr. And, and MPJ, it's just a matter of like, we knew like he's going to play, he's going to be good. And now he's healthy. The back's not an issue. He's playing. And I, I think MPJ is, is a great pick. He's a great player. I'm really excited to watch him play a little bit more. Um, Pat, thanks for the question. Big NBA guy. He wanted us to talk NBA so much more. We listened last week. So he's going to be excited to hear all that. Uh, and we're kind of going to stick into the, the basketball theme a little bit but not at the same time. This question comes from John out in California, another listener. And actually he posted that he was listening to the podcast on Instagram before any of us could actually market the podcast ourselves on Instagram and him posting that kind of uh, vaulted me to being like, I need to do this now because John beat us to it because he was excited to listen to it. So, yeah. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Yeah, man. Um, also big Vegas guy too. Always likes to join us out there and have a good time. So uh, Vegas guy, John also Pat, I mean, everyone is, but uh, he, he said, he asks in a three versus three basketball tournament, what three current professional athletes are you taking plot twist here? M night Shyamalan style, but you can't draft anybody in the NBA. And we're oh, actually going to, they're all dead. I thought they're all dead. Or dead. <laughs> dead people. 
Yeah, they're actually just all ghosts in, uh, <laughs> in, in the end. Um, but we're actually going to take this even a step further uh, and do a little snake draft. And we're going to start off with Nate. We'll go to Ange, me for two picks, back to Ange, back to Nate, and then back down. So we're going to snake draft this for a little fun. So, Nate, who was your first overall pick on the non-NBA 3v3 basketball tournament? really had to think about like how I wanted to build my team um, because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good athletes out there, obviously in different sports. Um, but much like the quarterback position in football, the, the point guard position in basketball is of the utmost importance. And you can throw some big bodies out there, but you got to have somebody bringing up the ball. You got to have somebody distributing. Ideally you want a shooter as well with some quickness. Um, I know my first pick is going to be a two-star athlete in his own right, um, but I'm going to go Kyler Murray. I think, uh, yeah, you're welcome. Yep. And (laughs) he is is a first-round pick in baseball and football. It's pretty safe to say that he's probably a decent basketball player. Mm -hmm. We've all seen him run around. We know he's quick. Um, He's got an arm, obviously. He's my point guard, and he's going to lead me to victory. I think the outfielders in baseball are probably the most likely to, to be the ones that can transition to another sport the best of any other. Maybe a shortstop, but yeah. yeah. And Kyler played yeah. outfield. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, what's yeah, the, no, the, yeah, Kyler was definitely. Kyler? <laughs> yeah, he, I, I wouldn't say necessarily my, my first pick, but he was definitely uh, definitely top three for sure. I mean, I was thinking he just seems – he's just one of those guys that can just do anything athletically, and, you know, he's just going to kill it on the, on the hard court. Um, I went with someone who – uh, might be a little, little more aged, uh, but they definitely have experience playing uh, high-level f- uh, basketball, and that would be someone that played at the U for the college basketball team, and that would be Jimmy Graham. Uh, he's a, he's a go-get-it guy. He can hold it down in the middle. Um, freak athlete in his time. I mean, obviously, in comparison to to anybody right now, he still is a freak athlete. So uh, I'm gonna uh, go build around my 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 front court and go with uh, Jimmy Graham. I like it. Jimmy Graham. He's, they always, he's like the, the new Antonio Gates where they always talk about uh, yeah. the guy that played uh, college basketball anytime they're on national TV. Yeah. Uh, no, so I was thinking like, if this is yeah. like a, a question 10 years ago, it'd be like Julius Peppers, Tony Gonzalez. Oh yeah. Graham, just those guys just bulldogging on the court. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to mention, I didn't mention this when I asked the question initially, we made a rule that you can't pick, you have to pick at least players from two different sports, at least. So you can't just pick three football players because we know the football players, a lot of that talent does translate to the NBA. And we've, we've seen a lot of it with NBA or NFL players that played college basketball. Um, so I'm going to, I was kind of thinking the same way that Nate was thinking, right? Where it's like, it's an age old question. I don't know how much it is now, maybe more back in the eighties and nineties. Do you build your team around a center or do you build your team around a point guard? Uh, and I went, point guard with mine who I assume would play point guard and we see his highlights when they played on national tv they'd show us like I think it was high school highlights but he looked explosive out there and I'm going and I'm going young so he's gonna he's gonna take Jimmy Graham to to the house and that's CD Lamb so I don't know if you guys have seen some of his uh his high school hats they've shown but this dude is explosive and he's not a tall dude I didn't look up what his height is but he's five nine or something like that like not very tall and he was still throwing it down with vigor in those highs and again it's high school different story but he's fast obviously and he has the boings and he and he's played enough to handle himself on in a non-nba three on three versus three competition so give me cd lamb as my point guard and my first pick and uh Moving on, I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I cheese this one a little bit because I did do a little research on former or NFL and MLB players that did uh, 
play college basketball. So I'm going to say it's a little cheap, but I'm going with it. And I went a little off the board with like, not a huge name in the NFL, Wait, but I'm going, Mo, Mo, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, I'm going Mo Ali Cox, <laughs> six, dude, six. Dude, He's he, gonna, he, he was on that VCU team when they were yeah. sick, man. Yeah. With, with Shaka yeah. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, Shaka. He was, yeah, Molly Cox, 6'6", 250 pounds, played 142 games with VCU, made the NCAA tournament every year he was there. He actually leads the VCU in field goal percentage all time, too, which I thought was pretty cool. So he knows what he's doing in the basketball court. Second in career blocks for VCU, 255, which is 1.8 blocks per game. So uh, give me Molly Cox to just hold it down. I went point guard. I went center. Now I just need to fill in the middle. Let's see what you guys got. All right, so so I'm gonna um, I'm going a high energy guy here, um, and this is somewhat of a homer pick, um, but uh, this is a guy that I think if I had had him on my team, uh, if I'm not gonna win games, I'm a thousand percent gonna have some fun, and that would be uh, George Kittle. We're gonna bring him uh, onto the court. I think I mean he obviously he's uh, a physical specimen. I mean he's he's fast, he's strong. Um, I'm not sure necessarily how how great his jumping ability is. But I think he can probably deep people up pretty well. Um, he can hold his own ground. So I'm going to uh, – and I just want to be his friend. I mean, really, what about yeah, that? Too, is that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean I'm looking at this as like a 4v4. I'm on the team with these three guys because uh, I need to be – Yes, absolutely. I'm George Kittle. So, yeah, give me Kittle. <laughs> give me Kittle as my second pick. We're going big. Uh, oh, but but I, I love what he brings to the table. Yeah, Kittle's, Kittle's a great pick because you know if shit goes down, he's going to be there. He's going to be a little crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's going to get gonna those try eyes going. Oh, he'll yeah, suplex someone. Out. He'll, he'll <laughs> rip flares, slap someone. It's street rules. Chest. Like, no one's calling fouls. We're just, we're just playing right. hard out there. Yeah. He seems like the guy who would get most pissed about losing. Like, he would just start throwing shit, tossing stuff around. Just like, Absolutely. he's the guy who really wants to win no matter what the stakes are. He's like the guy you don't like playing against either because he's like the football player playing basketball. Yeah. He's well, like, like he's a, so athletic he's, to where he can hang and hang, but like he's playing yeah. football out there on the basketball. He's throwing court. people around. The, yeah, he's throwing people off the court. Yeah, yeah. Tasmanian Devil just whipping them around. Yeah, yep. I, uh, I didn't have on to you. I didn't have a couple of those guys on there. Um, CD was a good one. He's he's a freak athlete. Um, we're just gonna go. I've got my point guard. I'm gonna go with some two big boys who are gonna make it rough out there uh, mm-hmm. for everybody else. And uh, my second pick is going to be the biggest dude that I maybe ever seen DK Metcalf of the oh, Seattle Seahawks. Now he is, a, I don't know, six, four, two sixty, something like that. Six, five, two sixty, two sixty five muscle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just unreal, unreal athlete. Um, good luck getting around him. Good luck mm-hmm. stopping him when he backs up. Um, sorry. That's, that's just game over. Uh, <laughs> and then the third one, I, I went back and forth. I was thinking, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll say who I was thinking before uh, or after this, but I'm actually going to go with Bryce Harper. Um, okay. Interesting. There's, I just think that dude is an athlete, man. He just seems like one of those guys who picks up the ball and does everything well. Um, and he's mm-hmm. quick. He's big. He's, he's like six, six, three, six, four, two twenty, 20, mm-hmm. something like that. I think he's just one of those dudes who can come out there. He's going to be kind of my wing guy, stretch the floor a little bit while DK is uh, bumping around. But he's also like built like a brick shit house. If you've ever seen him with his shirt off, he is yoked. So I think he's going to hold his own out there. Um, so he's going to be my my baseball player. And he's bringing the intensity for sure too. And he probably be Absolutely. like the fifth 
good look, the fifth best looking dude on this podcast, I think. Um, yeah. 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 So maybe good six, for him. Maybe six behind Sis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, I mean, there's nobody I would, I would probably want to be more than Bryce Harper. I mean, he just seems like a guy that you just do not want to lose to. He just has that, you know, that, no. uh, that cocky look to him because he's great at everything he does. So it's just someone that you just do not ever want to lose to. Um, following in Nate's footsteps on it with his first pick of, of going, uh, I mean, I need I need someone from. Uh, oh no, I can't. Oh no, I can't go. Oh football. no, oh yeah, I gotta go baseball, my friend. Okay, okay. Oh no. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, yeah, we're gonna call a hot route here. We're going uh, to the diamond, and I'm gonna go with someone who I kind of penned as a, a a quick guy. I think he kind of handled the rock. Maybe has some handles of his own. I have no idea what his skills uh, are. I didn't look him up at all, but I'm going to go with Malik Smith. Um, I think Ooh, he's okay. someone that can be a little bit speedy for me. I mean, I just need him to, to get beat his first dribbler – or, I'm sorry, beat his first defender, draw the post defender, and just throw it up to, to uh, Kittle and, and Jimmy Graham uh, to throw it down. So I just need him to be a distributor and let my other two guys shine. Um, so I'm going to go with Malik Smith completely blindly um, to be my, my speedy – tenacious point guard and just hound people another center fielder yep yeah you know i actually thought about kevin kiermeyer and i was like no you dude. can't draft kevin kiermeyer but that <laughs> dude is a freak athlete he is yeah yeah i was kind of bouncing between i had one guy that i was like locked in for and i guess i can say it since the draft's over but it's not my pick i was actually gonna go cody bellinger because again just another freak athlete plays yeah every outfield position plays first base and plays them all above average. So I just think he's a great athlete and obviously one of the best hitters in the league, but I think I needed a little more size because CD lamb's a small dude. Uh, Molly Cox, obviously a big dude. And now looking at the lists here, I got to deal with DK Metcalf, Jimmy Graham and George Kittle. Give me a second big dude that I think can, can make some waves and is athletic in and of uh, himself for being six, seven baseball player. Give me Aaron judge. Yeah. Oh, good call. That's, Give me, that, he, that was my, that yeah. was who I was deciding between on my last pick. Yeah, big dude, and obviously he plays the outfield, so he's at, and he's not like lumbering out there either. Like he plays pretty well out there, and obviously super strong. He's gonna give DK. I mean, I mean Aaron Judge. I think I have it written down here: six seven two eighty two. Are you kidding me? That's a big like DK Metcalf might be a little scared of that. Probably not, but that's a big guy, and obviously he'll be able to bump and grind with the uh, Jimmy Graham and George Kittle a little bit. So. I don't know what his skills are like at all, but at six, seven, you should be able to dunk. He can at least rebound because it doesn't take any skill quote unquote to like, just grab a basketball and like the most basic version of what rebounding is. But um, yeah, let me finish out my team with Aaron judge. So I'm going to post this on Twitter for everyone listening again at tough underscore pod. I'm going to make a poll. You guys vote for which team you think is the best three V three. Again, Nate is Kyler Murray, DK Metcalf, Bryce Harper, and just Jimmy Graham, George Kittle, Malik Smith, and myself, CeeDee Lamb, Mo Ali Cox, and Aaron Judge. Uh, we'll let you guys be the judge and who you guys think is going to be uh, the winner of that 3v3. That was a subliminal message to let you guys be the judge. Don't fall into his trap of picking the <laughs> judge. All right, we're going to go on to a third question here from our very own uh, Sauce, the man of many condiments himself, out in South Carolina. And we're he's he asks, would you like we? 
he said, I like typed it in the way that he said it in the email would like to know who your fantasy sports goat is. So sauce actually asked for a player from each sport, but again, we wouldn't be the trifecta ultimate fantasy league if we segmented sports. So what I'm actually going to ask of you guys and of myself, pick one fantasy goat since the inception of tough league. So that's five, six years of fantasy baseball, basketball, and football. Who is the one goat in fantasy Nate and go, Oh, now I gave you the first pick in the draft. So Ange, go ahead. Give us your, your goat of fantasy yeah. basketball or fantasy sports. Yeah. The last couple of years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I think this question automatically lends itself more to uh, basketball and baseball players because of the longevity uh, aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went, uh, actually went back to the, to the mega draft, then the very first same. draft where we did our entire rosters and kind of looked at like the first, <laughs> a few rounds to see who was taken and who's kind of still contributing. And there's actually surprisingly a lot of guys that were taken that are still uh, producing at a high level. Um, so for me, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough. I mean, it's really, uh, you get pick the litter here. Um, I, I'd probably have to go with Mike Trout. Um, I mean, he's been putting up insane numbers. He's probably going to be doing it again for the next eight to 10 years, maybe oh, yeah. eight years at least. Um, so I think, you know, having a guy that can contribute for your squad that's going to be a guaranteed keeper every single year, a top 10 player every single year uh, for about 15 years, uh, 10 to 15 years is, is about as best, as good as you can ask from any kind of player across any sport in any fantasy league. So I'm going to go Mike Trout. It's a good pick. Yeah, it is a good pick. And it's the first pick overall in the mega draft. And you're thinking like, oh, that's kind of, uh, it's kind of an easy pick, but really, I mean, he's Mike Trout. He's been Mike Trout for the last five, six years. He's yeah. going to continue to be Mike Trout. So, yeah. yeah. Mike Trout's Mike Trout. Yep. Logo, hey, I'll let go you ahead, have man. Uh, yeah, here, let no, me go. No. Yeah, oh. go. You're a regular gentleman letting the host go uh-huh. second and not last. My goodness. You know, and I, I misspoke and said uh, the GOAT of fantasy basketball because I thought you were going to go with your very own uh, LA Laker, LeBron James, with the, the GOAT of fantasy sports. And, uh, I, I have to, I'm going LeBron. <laughs> like you just, he just, yeah. he just, he doesn't regress at all. You pick him Like he might rest a little more now in his older age, but like when you were drafting him five, six years ago, he's, he's putting up stupid, stupid numbers. He's never yeah. sitting. He plays every single game. And obviously he's the, not only the best, one of the best players, if not the best player in fantasy he's the best player in the NBA too. Like you have guys like Russell Westbrook are probably better fantasy players than they are real life players. And obviously he's, he's great when he's hitting all the triple doubles like he did tonight uh, in his first game this season with Washington, but it's LeBron. It's, he's the goat of fantasy sports. I actually had more baseball players on my list than I did have uh, basketball players. Um, but you left me with LeBron and I, I got to take LeBron. Yeah. That's yeah, I mean, yeah I mean, it, it's real. Yeah. It was between him and a different Laker, which I'm sure you can guess who that is for me for my top basketball guy, but uh, we'll see what Nate goes with here. So um, I, I kind of took a slightly different approach with this question. Um, you know, I think the first three picks of the draft have been solid contributors for the respective teams. It went uh, Mike Trout, Anthony Davis, and Steph Curry, and they've both kind of been, or they've all three been kind of staples on everybody's team uh, that drafted them. But I looked uh, and I went back to the original mega draft and I wanted to see who got some unreal value in there. Uh, there was I a guess. couple guys and it's really hard. Wait, wait, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Logan wants to guess. Okay. Um, oh, oh, no, I'll, so let you go, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. I've, I've got, I've actually got two baseball players and a basketball player out there listed. And if I, if I need to stick with one, I can absolutely do that. But um, 
the 16th round was a big one for stud baseball players. Um, he, and this is before this player really came into the spotlight. And I almost think I remember T saying that he was just, he just said, fuck it. I'm going to go and I'm going to reach for this guy. Um, and that guy was Mookie Betts. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And he has been, he's still on T's team. T has had a, a pretty decent success at, at baseball um, because of Mookie Betts. And he was actually trying to shot Mookie. Uh, this past week, which I thought was interesting, but um, he's been about as consistent as you can be from a a fantasy baseball perspective. And uh, the other player in that same round who um, was, again, he was kind of up and coming, but hadn't really established himself as an all-star perennial uh, player yet was Nolan Arenado to our own Andrew Boteri here. Um, So those two players went relatively late in in our mega draft and, and have been uh, huge, huge contributors, obviously. And then um, I am going to give credit to Jesse as well, who picked Giannis yep, in the 12th round guess. as a young, raw Greek import. Um, and obviously he evolved into an MVP caliber player and is pretty much untouchable as far as it goes. Yeah. And probably maybe the best trade asset in, uh, in tough league right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a look at that uh, mega draft right now. And the the round before T drafted Mookie in the 16th was uh, Christian Yelich at, in the 15th round. So, oh wow, uh, he doesn't have many. I think he traded him at some point. Um, but I mean, man, those two guys in the you know uh, kind of middle of stages of the draft is is insane value that he got there. I cannot yeah, wait I to have an episode where we go and dig and look at that. Oh original man, draft. that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be so fun. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be great. And I think that's a good shout out to Jez because I can almost guarantee he would have went Giannis. Uh, just the subtle pat on pat himself on the back too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, I mean, those were, those were guys on, on my, uh, we didn't talk about pitchers, but I had Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer on my list too. I think Max Scherzer maybe more than Clayton Kershaw now, but um, I had those guys on my list and fo- we didn't even talk about football, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, guys like that. I do want to mention, um, uh, some picks or some keeper. I was looking at the first round of ever keepers and Nate, I'm going to pick on you a little bit because your football keepers made me laugh a little bit. Uh, Eddie Lacey. Fine. Fine. In 2016, whatever Thomas Rawls and Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Rawls right. had that, like one good season. And that was like it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I finished either last or second to last in football the first year. I just had an awful year. Um, and so I was kind of punting football, um, but yeah, no, none of those players make me feel good about myself four years <laughs> later. So yeah, no, I'm taking I'm taking a look at the historical standings. Uh, the very first season, Nate finished eighth in football. The next two seasons, he finished tenth, uh, dead last. Uh, that could be an indicator of why Thomas Rawls uh, maybe didn't pan out <laughs> as a keeper. And Kelvin Benjamin just couldn't stop eating, so he got mm-hmm. out of the league pretty. Quickly. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, he had Kelvin Benjamin and uh, Eddie Lacy, who became Eddie Lacy, yeah, beast mode Bad when he went to Seattle. <laughs> Uh, and and Al, Al also, yeah, Al also kept uh, Jeremy Langford, the, the New York Jet great who just caught all the passes. And I think he had that, again, one good season where he was just catching passes nonstop for the Jets. Just yeah. kind of funny looking back five years later at some of these keepers and guys that aren't even in the league anymore. So uh, just a little anecdotes for you guys. We'll have a full pod on original mega draft and talk that a little bit. So we're going to go, we're going to do a little lightning round here. It's going to be holiday themed. We'll go, and Niz, we'll start with you, and then Ange, and then myself. So once one guy finishes, go ahead and just uh, carry on. It's three questions. Best holiday dessert, best Christmas movie, 
Brett breast ooh. best oh. christmas movie best christmas song just give us your answers no need for an explanation and we'll move on dessert movie song nate go dessert sucker for the the regular sugar cookie with the, just the cheap frosting on it sprinkles mm-hmm. uh best christmas movie uh home alone classic for me mm-hmm. honorable mention to elf and mm-hmm. christmas song uh, i get down with a little drummer boy <laughs> Yes. So, okay. So, so for me, dessert is uh, just a cookie assortment. I love the holiday assorted cookies. Uh, so, I mean, I'm kind of in line with, with Nate who, uh, with my mother-in-law is known as snickerdoodle boy. Um, <laughs> a holiday movie for me, bad Santa love, love right. bad Santa. And then song actually same as Nate, little drummer boy. It's got the, do the beat and you can make That's, a little hip hop oh. snare drum out of it and make a little hip hop beat out of it too. A uh, little drummer boy is my go-to holiday song. Little drummer boy stock through the roof right now. Rump a pum pum. All right. Uh, for for me, best holiday dessert. It's a uh, my my mother in law makes a, a chocolate pecan cluster, which are just to die for, and I just can't stop eating them. And I'm going to the house, their house tomorrow. I'm going to just eat them like crazy. Best Christmas movie. It's actually an underdog. It has like I think it has nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's Christmas with the Cranks. I love it. We we look forward to listen, watching it <laughs> okay. every year. And then best Christmas song. Um, I'm going with it's, it's, it changes over there. I'm going with this Christmas. And I had White Christmas written down and Baby It's Cold Outside, but I don't know if the connotations are acceptable in the world yeah. nowadays, but I still like the song. Uh, but this, this Christmas is the winner. Uh, boys, that's a podcast. Uh, that's it. Everyone have a, a happy holiday. We'll be back in the new year. Uh, we might, maybe we'll squeeze one in before the end of the year. We'll see how our schedules work out. Uh, we want to get Jez back on with us. So everyone out there, enjoy your holidays and stay tough.